You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So just to give you an example of how things have turned out in this crazy world of alleged ufology, I got a letter from someone prominent in the so-called UFO field, I say so-called, who said when he comes on the show next, he doesn't want to talk about, quote, bloody Roswell slides. And who can blame him? Except there has been no more active discussion this week than Roswell slides, and it doesn't end. Now, those of you who were listening to After the Paracast, which is part of our premium Paracast Plus service, will realize we did talk about it a lot, but in the sense of solving the mystery of what was on those slides, which was, of course, the mummified remains of a two-year-old boy. Well, the the jury's still out on that, Gene. Uh, We can't take anything that Lance Moody and some of the debunkers out there uh, who have been involved in in analyzing the uh, so-called slides, we can't take anything that they say as gospel until we have third-party and fourth-party verification. But Um, you know, even Anthony Bregalia came out with a blog entry saying not only did he agree with that analysis, but he found the source. He actually found the source of that particular mummy and where that picture came from. Well, we're going to talk about that later with our guests. But uh, again, anything that Anthony Bagalia is involved with, uh, you know, I need a, a salt factory's worth of salt uh, before I'll accept anything at face value that he says. Now, just to continue on this very briefly, what we're talking about here is that after the May 5th event in Mexico City, a group of people associated with the Roswell Slide Study Group And they include people, by the way, we know from the show, like Paul Kimball, who was once a co-host, although he takes a pretty skeptical stance, Lance Moody, and I agree that things that Lance says sometimes are less incredible. Also, Kurt Collins, who is a very responsible person. He's been on the show. He's been a guest co-host. He's been on After the Paracast. All these people were involved in this Roswell Slide Study Group, and they use software to de-blur the image of this placard next to the body that's shown in these Roswell slides. Even Frank Warren did some of that work and came up with a similar result, apparently, in his newsletter, UFO Chronicles. So it's not something unusual. They all came up with this story that it's the mummified remains of a two-year-old boy. Supposedly, we have the source of it. All right. That's something we mentioned after the Powercast. And the next episode of After the Powercast... We'll have Kurt Collins of the Roswell Slide Study Group to explain what it's all about. So we can go over a few of the issues for 20 or 30 minutes. In the meantime, if you want to get after the Paracast, you have to sign up with the Paracast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. That is plus.thepowercast.com. It's $5 a month, 50 a year, 175 for five years, which is not a lot. And for that, you get after the Paracast the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio, all the good stuff. So we recommend it highly. And when we do after the Paracast, as you see, we'll focus on things that extend what we do on the Paracast, or sometimes are totally different, how things are. I think the biggest thing, though, when we talk about this crazy subject is for the past nine years on the Paracast, and Chris has been with us since 2010, 
I can't tell you how many times we've said, let's just make this the last discussion about Roswell. (laughs) Yeah, I have said that once or twice, haven't I? Once or twice an episode? Well, we're going to get into it today. I mean, I, uh, Ron McGuire, of course, I've, I've known Ron for almost 20 years now. And Ron is one of the my go-to guys in the field. Uh, I really feel that he's he's got a, a you know he's got a, a scientific background, engineering background, and he also is you know uses common sense, which is a I think a we're slowly losing that particular human trait. I think out there, especially in this field of ufology. But Ron is one of those people that tends to use common sense when looking at some of these controversies and. Having a discussion over breakfast with him this morning, uh, he brought up some very interesting points that I really would like to get into today uh, concerning this latest installment of the Roswell meme as it propagates uh, throughout culture (laughs) and extending its tendrils far and wide. So uh, it's going to be, I think, a really good, interesting, eye-opening show, especially, uh, you know, since he's been working on a book. I think the working title is another damn book about Roswell. <laughs> and uh, kind of a unique um, scenario here today, Gene. We we have Ron live here at the house. So uh, Ron and I can uh, look at each other and wink, wink and nudge, nudge uh, during the show. So it's going to be some, we're going to have some fun. Be careful about the wink, wink and nudge, nudge. And the reason, by the way, Ron is over at Chris's house is the last time we had Ron on the show. And I like Ron. I met Ron once at the International UFO Conference. We've exchanged email. He's just a great guy. Before we even get to his vast knowledge of the subject, he's a great guy. And here's the thing. He was talking to us on his mobile phone. And mobile phones in that part of Arizona have problems. And a lot of listeners said, despite all the things we did to improve audio quality, they couldn't understand him very well. So this way, he's sitting right next to Chris, not too close, of course, and we'll be able to hear him just perfect because he's going to be coming through a studio mic. So that's how that's going to work. And we're going to ask all these hard questions about Roswell and say again, well, after the After the Paracast focus on Roswell slides again, will this be the end? Well, there's a thread in our forums where they're talking about not talking about Roswell, and then about a third of the discussions over the past few days, and we've covered a lot of topics, are among various topic threads, Roswell, Roswell, Roswell. I think Roswell should be a a cartoon strip character. We should have named Roswell. I think uh, 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 I might might work on that. Lives on Schnebly Hill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, lives on Schnebly Hill, right? So it's going to be Roswell the Alien cartoon. A little gray kind of guy, and he's kind of like a Bugs Bunny type. He's trying to get involved in different schemes, and it never works out. Roswell the Little Alien. You know, somebody will listen to this, come out with the cartoon, and they'll make millions from our idea. Well, I used to have a comic strip called Stranger Than Fiction. Well, unfortunately, now we're getting a lot of fiction. That's another thing we're going to talk with Ron about which is whether we could ever rescue the UFO field or whether the entire thing should be terminated with extreme prejudice and we find a better way. Because how long can we continue to go this way, put up with this nonsense, and think we're getting somewhere when all we do is repeat the same old mistakes day in and day out? Never ends. But I think the one thing to 
take away from this current episode is that one or two people I thought maybe had their heads screwed on straight, they seem to have come across as very, very naive. Or I don't know if they were just in it for the buck. I'd like to think they were sincere and they took the bucks because you have to pay your expenses. But what do I know about such things? I'm not going to touch that one yet. You probably shouldn't. I know there are movements, by the way, afoot now to see if there's a way to get a refund for the money they paid for the streaming of the Mexico City event. And that streaming, I think you can get a refund just on the basis of the fact that a lot of people reported poor quality. I think from the poor quality alone, forgetting the content, the video quality and interruptions and things like that, if you paid for that, and the price, I believe, was $15 if you ordered up the pay-per-view early, or $20 if you paid that amount for it. Certainly, you're entitled to a refund, right? You have a right to say, no, I'm not going to do it. But people in Mexico City who paid from $20 to $85, should they get a refund? By the way, Paul Kimball has been mentioning that. He's one of the Roswell Slide Study Group, and we've had our differences with him, but he's made the point people should get a refund if they want one. In any case, we'll figure this all out, or maybe not, in our next segment with Ron Regeer. And Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Extend your life with Extendovite. Hey, neighbor, what are you doing digging? You had a heart attack last year. Oh, I know. I was told no more hard labor. Then why are you digging? Well, I've been taking Extendovite. It's been approved to help my heart. Extendovite? Is that a new drug? No, not a drug. It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal? How can that help? Well, actually, we've taken herbs for thousands of years. Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to stop. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels, Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. 
A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You've heard them on Alex Jones. You've seen them on Ancient Aliens. Now come see them live at Contact in the Desert 2015 in Joshua Tree this May. Experience four full days of science-centered lectures, workshops, intensives, and field work on ancient astronauts, extraterrestrial intelligence, human origins, crop circles, contact experiences, UFO sightings, and more. Meet Chariots of the Gods author Eric Von Daniken, Ancient Aliens host Giorgio A. Sokolos, New York Times bestselling author David Wilcock, Dead Dog. Doctors Don't Lie author Dr. Joel Wallach, astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Story Musgrave, Earth Files publisher Linda Moulton Howe, author Jim Mars, and many of the world's most respected researchers and scientists exploring answers to one of the greatest questions of all time. More speakers, more panels, more things to do. Join us at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, which has a long history of sightings and contact experiences. For advanced tickets and conference schedule, go to contactinthedesert.com. That is contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we welcome back, taking center stage or the corner of the mic, however you want to put it, Ron Regeer. Welcome back, Ron. Thank you. So I'm going to ask that question of you right now, the thing we discussed in the first segment that you heard, and that is, why should anyone in their right minds anymore care a whit about Roswell? Because it's uh, probably the best documented event that's gone on in the last 50 years that I know of. And uh, there's been a lot of progress made in interviewing witnesses and well, for instance, we've got a lot of work done on reviewing the photographs, probably or possibly the only photographs of what is purported to be real UFOs. And uh, we can prove the Air Force has changed their story four times on this. Uh, there was a lot of activity about if it was simply a weather balloon that just leaves me to scratch my head. Our flag officers, seven or eight of them, so dense that they did not know what they were looking at? I don't think so. So something happened. That something may very well be one of the true UFO events of mankind. And some of us are working very diligently and plodding along to determine what it was that really happened. So I think it's worthy of study. Sore pterodactyls. But... Uh, <laughs> 
But would you ascribe a specific level of importance to pterodactyls and Roswell? Oh, I was just uh, making light of it because so many people now are so hung up on this. My God, it's like it's the first time ever anybody ever got buffaloed or snookered if that's what really happened. And I find it hard to believe that two people who I know and respect, Tom Carey and Don Schmidt, spent four years, not only four years studying these things, but quite a bit of money, I would imagine. And then... Just, gee whiz, we forgot to use a, f a free program or a, a, a very easy-to-find program to look at this. I, I just don't believe it. So somebody crawls out of the woodwork at the last minute and makes a claim and instant, instant fame, and they didn't do squat. So, no, I don't uh, – I, I, I think there's a lot more to this. I, uh, I still think that Don and Tom – did some really good work. I'm going to withhold any statement on Jaime Masson uh, because I don't know him that well. I know of him. I also know of Don and Tom. And uh, so far, the if this is a, a bad spot on their record, it's the first one I'm aware of on the UFO field. I, I just think that uh, they're getting a cheap, cheap shot at taken by other people. Well, um, you know what? I want to say this. I have looked at the results of this scan and the results of this, shall we say, removing of the blurring. And they have steps that you can take. They have a video where you take a look at what they did exactly, what software to use, what settings and everything. And I think anyone who follows those procedures will duplicate it. Absolutely and not. Absolutely, yes. I, I would not agree no. with you. I did it. I did it. I've spent 98 bucks and bought their software. I sent a copy of it to my associate, Neil Morris, in Great Britain. The problem is that, one, they're either using a bogus scan or they're using a scan off the Internet because the only place they're going to find that is off the Internet. And what's that, 300 DPI, something Not like that? Not even. 72. 72 DPI. So they got a 72 DPI scan, and they're putting this de-blur software on, claiming to get a message. I asked for and received a, a TIFF image from Don and applied the same software using the same techniques and got crap. Well, let me ask you a question here. How big is the TIFF image? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's on my big pro program back at the, on my other computer. I, I, don't, I didn't even look at it, how big it was. I'll tell you what. So we don't argue back and forth here, because I think we're going to agree to disagree. You send me a copy of this image. I don't have permission to get it from okay. Don and uh, Tom. Seriously. Okay. So it's, you're saying that this other one is a fake? I'm saying what? The other you're one. saying that the one that's been posted online at the Roswell Slide Study Group, the one that Frank Warren is using, all these people have a fake. I believe it's a fake, yes. Even pointing to the original museum where this exhibit is supposedly appeared? Okay, now if we want to talk about the original museum, they're claiming that that was at Mesa Verde National Park. Mesa Verde National Park, my wife just happened to be a ranger there and retired from Mesa Verde. She is on her way there as we speak, driving her little car across the back country of America, heading for Mesa Verde National Park. There she will talk with the people there and show them the image that I copied off of the screen, because all I got was a placard on the TIFF, and going to show it and find out 
what happened. Now, we do know from talking with Mesa Verde National Park personnel that every mummy they had, with the exception of one, was buried with full ceremony in March of 2006. And they're buried in Wetherill Mesa, and there were Puebloan elders there present at the time of burial conducting the ceremony. The only one that was not buried was one that was named Esther, and Esther came from uh, Durango, and Esther was returned to her people in Durango, Colorado. So there is no more mummy, and there has not been a mummy available for anybody to see since at least 2006, maybe earlier. So what we're looking at at Mesa Verde is the display cases and to see if any of the personnel there can recall that type of display case and maybe some artifact or something in the background that may be recognizable that nobody's really looked at before. We're trying to establish a provenance of being at Mesa Verde, which we do not have right now. All we have is one article. The other thing that we're looking at is what is going on because the the museum shelves and all that were destroyed two years ago when Mesa Verde moved their museum from up the top of the park, which is 20 miles inland, down to the base of the park at the entrance. So we can't go even look at the display cases to see if they're the same. I just thought, well, I've got a connection. I'll see what I can find out. So I don't belabor this point until it becomes painful. We do have this statement from Donald R. Schmidt, where he says, quote, I now realize that the image in the slides is a mummy as specified by the display placard. So that is the end of the Roswell slides. And so it's time to shut it down. I appreciate everyone's concern, whether they have the high resolution images or the low resolution images, but it's time to move on. There's a lot more to talk about, about Roswell and other issues in the UFO field. Well, for clarification, I want to make one thing real clear so everybody knows where I'm coming from on this. I got the same image that the other mummified body, and I use that D-Blur software on their, their image, and I got the same results they did. But using the same steps on the TIFF image that I got from Don and Tom, I did not get those results. I appreciate you being an honest broker, that you're saying that you try to test it for yourself and that the TIFF image you got from the crew who ran this Roswell Slides episode, that one you couldn't make it happen, but with the ones that were provided by the Roswell Slides study group, you did. Ron Regeer is with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free sent right to your mailbox, plus a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. 
We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Hi, my name is DeRay, suffering from migraines, having Botox injections in my head and neck to alleviate pain, costing $1,500 out of my pocket. I discovered Dr. Ortman and Gentle Touch Chiropractic Adjustment called Nuka. I'm migraine-free since my first adjustment. Thanks for giving me my life back, Dr. Ortman. I wish they prescribed you instead of Botox. Thanks, DeRay. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the solution. We design a nutritional supplement program the body can handle actually absorb, providing nutrients targeting the problem area. Between Nuka and Nutrition, we will have you on the road to a faster and more permanent recovery. Look us up on the web at drortman.com or call 952-303-9124. Let us help you feel better faster. Wellspring Spinal Care at 952-303-9124. Again, that's 952-303-9124. Or on the web at drortman.com. Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? All right, let's set aside Roswell's slides. I think we've all heard enough about it for the next 10 years. The next episode of After the Paracast will feature Kurt Collins of Roswell Slide Study Group. We'll get his point of view about it. Let's move on. Set this aside completely. Assume for the moment that the so-called Roswell Slides, or the not-Roswell Slides, as Kevin Randall refers to them, do not exist, Ron Regeer. Okay. You're writing a book about Roswell. Another damn book about Roswell is the working title. Why do we need another damn book about Roswell? There have been quite a few zillions of articles and lots of coverage over the years. 
Well, what we're really writing about in uh, pretty good detail is the analysis several of us did on the photographs taken in General Ramey's office of what was purported to be a captured UFO. We did quite a bit of analysis on those photographs and still continuing it. And so I'm documenting it. Neil, Neil Morris, my co-author in Great Britain and I are documenting this into uh, this book so that people can see uh, really what was there. Because I think most people looked at a very, very poor copy or reproduction in Bill Moore's book and immediately bought the Air Force story that, oh, it's a crashed weather balloon. You know, we know it's not a balloon, so it must be something else. But General Ramey said it was a weather gadget and a Raywin device. And so we we looked at it and uh, decided we'd investigate. What How we got started was uh, General Ramey's widow contacted George Filer of Filer's Files. And she was quite upset because... Her sons, her children had heard that their father was a liar, and she wanted to know if there was anything in the photographs that would vindicate her husband. George knew that James Bond Johnson had made the photographs and knew how to get in touch with him, so he contacted Bond, as he preferred to be called, and then Bond called me because he said I was the only one that he knew that could look at this stuff. So then we started looking at the photographs, and what we found uh, sort of contradicts about everything that uh, most people have heard about Roswell. Well, the picture that most of us have seen shows somebody with what appears to be the remains of a balloon. Okay. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, there were a total of seven photographs taken, two of them with General Ramey by himself alone, two of them with General Ramey and his aide, Colonel Dubose, two with Major Marcel, and one with Warrant Officer Irving Newton. And all show similar stuff, but it's, uh, it's not, not a weather balloon. The Air Force's first story was that they captured a flying disc. That was their very first story. Lieutenant Haught wrote a press release. Uh, it was approved by his officers and uh, sent it out to the world. And it got as far as the radio station, and they stopped broadcast. So their next story was that the Roswell balloon was really nothing but a weather gadget. And then the next story was that it was a highly secret mogul balloon train. And then the final story was it was anthropomorphic test dummies. And my thing is, I don't know what it was because I've never, to my knowledge, seen anything that anybody could say this is a crashed UFO. So I can't say that's UFO debris. But I can tell you, it's not what the government said it was. How, how, how do you know that? I mean, let's, uh, let's break it down. Okay. Um, we'll start by the what, what was a mogul. First of all, the government claimed right here. Look, I'll hold this up to the microphone yeah. so you can see it. <laughs> the Air Force claims that what they found was Flight 4 launched on June 4th, 1947, by the New York University Balloon Group. However, in the same three-inch thick tome that's not page-numbered, by the way, which makes it interesting to find stuff, uh, we see tables where there is no flight for. They go one, three, five. 
but if we if we buy the Flight Four, which doesn't exist, and which even their own expert AP Carey never designated Flight Four, uh, he never de- he said there's no flight today because of winds. But even if we buy that, the next thing they're telling us is this this debris that we see here looks very much like and is an ML307C, which is a radar reflector. A radar reflector is also known as a corner reflector. It's got reflective sides. Aluminum reflects radar. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to spot airplanes with it. And by building this thing, it's a kite with 90-degree angles then whatever radar signal impinges upon it will be reflected straight back. And so it's ostensibly had three of these. Now, if we look at the amount of debris and they get three of these radar reflectors, there's a total of 54 square feet of foil that they would have. 18 per reflector times three is 54. So we look at that amount of radar reflector debris and... We put it out in a debris field, if you will, spread it out, disperse it, whatever term you feel comfortable with, because this has crashed across the desert, and the rancher picked it up. Then we find that, uh, well, if we disperse it evenly and use the smallest size by any of the witnesses, which was 200 yards across, you get one piece in every 15 by 15 foot square, that piece being the size of a three by five card. That's about the size of uh, most folks' living room. So I doubt if one piece in the middle of the living room and then another piece in the middle of the kitchen and another piece in the middle of the bedroom would be enough to scare a flock of sheep so they wouldn't go for water. But that's what happened. That's what they want us to believe. So there's just not enough foil. Besides, that that assumes uniform displacement or disbursement. And the photographs very plainly show what appears to be large pieces. And if we have large pieces, then that leaves a lot less to be strewn about in the field to scare the sheep. So, oh, and then one little thing that we should make mention of is the Air Force weren't using radar reflectors, and they had started using radio sons. That's in their own report. I could read it to you if you want, but uh, they just uh, didn't even use radar reflectors in. So it's, it's, it makes their whole story fall apart with their own words. So that's, that's the first thing. Now, one thing, of course, that always bothers me about this is I would think a rancher would be used to what's happening out there in the desert. And if a balloon came crashing down, it wouldn't surprise them in the least. Absolutely true. As a matter of fact, in their logs, they make mention of a rancher by the name of Sid West, who found one, called them, and they went and picked it up. Not only that, they had every piece labeled with uh, reward signs and dangerous. This contains kerosene. Don't open this. Uh, Labels all over it. When my wife was about five or six, she's not too sure, but she's a little bit older than that now, uh, she found a weather balloon out in the farm where she was working. She immediately knew it was a balloon and it had tags on it, and she took them to her dad and they turned them in. So if a six-year-old can figure out what it is, I'm pretty sure a rancher who's been following these launches for some time also knows it. 
Yeah, you're right. So maybe there's the implication here that the people who claimed it had to be a flying disc were idiots. It was obviously a balloon or a vice versa, that they would be smart enough to realize it's a balloon and we wouldn't have this brouhaha that has continued for, what, 65 or 67 years now. I forget because I wasn't around when it first came down, but pretty close. We don't want to get into age things. Ron Regeer is here to sort things out from the early days of Roswell and why we should still bother exploring that case. And I'm aware that anytime the Roswell case comes up, it's kind of a close call whether we should bother or whether we should just give it up and move on to something else. Well, it's Roswell. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS, 1-800-425-4610, or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates, 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary, not a solicitation for legal services. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, 
has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order Heart and Body Extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. You've heard them on Alex Jones. You've seen them on Ancient Aliens. Now come see them live at Contact in the Desert 2015 in Joshua Tree this May. Experience four full days of science-centered lectures, workshops, intensives, and fieldwork on ancient astronauts, extraterrestrial intelligence, human origins, crop circles, contact experiences, UFO sightings, and more. Meet Chariots of the Gods author Eric Von Daniken, Ancient Aliens host Giorgio A. Sokolos, New York Times bestselling author David Wilcock, Dead Dog. Doctors Don't Lie author Dr. Joel Wallach, astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Story Musgrave, Earth Files publisher Linda Moulton Howe, author Jim Mars, and many of the world's most respected researchers and scientists exploring answers to one of the greatest questions of all time. More speakers, more panels, more things to do. Join us at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, which has a long history of sightings and contact experiences. For advanced tickets and conference schedule, go to contactinthedesert.com. That is contactinthedesert.com. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, this may not be our last time talking about Roswell. Ron Regeer is here. And the ultimate question, of course, people ask about Roswell. If a UFO crashed, where is it? If there were bodies, where are they? And how come the true location hasn't really leaked out, has it? Uh, we confined our analysis to the photographs and what we could learn from them. That uh, We try not to enter into speculation about other things. Because there's enough in these photographs to keep keep us busy for a while, and we're reasonably intelligent adults. And uh, so we we just you know the the bodies is interesting. There were witnesses that talked to those, but there's nothing about those in the photographs. We can talk about that if you prefer, but I would like to defer to the what we found in the photographs. And that's something that anybody and everybody we invite to look. Uh, anybody can order copies of these from the University of Texas Arlington Library, get them, do their own analysis, take their own look at it, see what they find. We've been encouraging this for almost 20 years now. Ron has these incredibly high-res 20 by 16 inch uh, black and white prints that are that are really impressive, actually. They're, they're huge. Um, obviously, it was, um, these were taken off the original negatives and... Um, these are, you know, first generation uh, prints, and um, there's details in there that Ron has discovered that we'll talk about that uh, don't conform in any way to uh, some sort of balloon train or mogul uh, balloon or or any of these types of of plausible deniability uh, scenarios come up by uh, with by the by the government. And um, uh, a couple of things that I want to discuss uh, with Ron are some of the findings that he made, um, not only about the, the photographs in general and the debris, but also the memo that's in General Ramey's hand, which uh, a similar process to the Roswell slides, deblurring, uh, blowing up, uh, trying to uh, pull out actual language and words. 
Um, there's some interesting things that have been, um, um, you know, sort of gleaned from from this uh, process, and uh, and that, and uh, and also the fact that uh, a, a lost version or a lost copy of one of the photographs uh, was recently discovered in the Beckman archives that uh, that indicates some hanky panky may have taken place. Uh, in the process of, of of doctoring the the photographs that were actually released to the press, um, that there are some differences uh, between the lost photograph uh, that it, it ended up in the Beckman archive versus the the famous shots that everyone is familiar with, uh, who's familiar with the case. So we have some things to talk about, and and then we can get into some other areas too that that uh, you know, being someone that has a a, a really bad allergy to the roswell subject um you know it's it's you know i i i i'm I'm itching i'm scratching i'm fidgeting here but i think it's important for even me to uh to have a listen to some of the the real in-depth uh research and analysis has been done by ron and others let's get back to those photos again so your contention ron is that these photos do not show a balloon they show something else correct Okay, how do we know that? Looking at the photos that have been published, I obviously heard the suggestion here they were altered from the originals. Oh, one one that was altered. Um, what happened was Bond took, it turns out he took four photos, although most of the time he's attributed to taking six photographs. There were seven photographs total, and uh, Bond took four Somebody else took two, and then uh, somebody else took the last one of uh, Warrant Officer Irving Newton. So, so in looking at those photographs, we we uh, try to figure out what's what's in them, and yeah, there may be part of a uh, Rawan device in it, uh, but there was nothing on a Rawan device that was looks like what we call the chrome strip, which is a twisted piece of metal with one end that's uh, about three times the thickness of the other end, a strip. And there's nothing in the photos that would, are in the uh, mogul equipment that would uh, be, let's say, a hollow struts. And we find quite a few hollow struts in there that are supposed to be solid little pieces of balsa. Because the Air Force provided us with the blueprint of what this Rawan radar reflector was supposed to look like. The pieces that they call for are not there. And if you want, it's people who want to take the time to look at them and measure them and find out what's in there can, can do that. It's a painstaking job, but the photographs are there for anybody to, to uh, sit there and figure out what they are. And we've done that and we're going to present our results. But uh, there's a, what looks like be a switch cover. I showed it to Chris. And uh, by the way, I showed uh, six of these photographs of puzzling items. I sent them to Professor Moore in, 2000, in uh, 1997. Who's he? And Professor Moore was supposedly the guy that was in charge of the launches, although he wasn't there at the time that they launched the uh, Flight 4, which is the one that they claim is the one that uh, we see in the Roswell debris photos. And Professor Moore said that uh, it didn't look like anything he'd seen. And so here we have Professor Moore looking at stuff that supposedly he was the resident expert on, and none of the images in those six photographs 
or anything that he felt was associated with any mogul balloon launch. So that, to me, is a compelling statement. But um, wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry you haven't run out of material. Go ahead, please. Okay. <laughs> that turns out that uh, in what many people associate with being the balloon envelope, there's what appears to be a bead of metal that's rolled down and left a trail. There's no nothing there that's going to cause heat to melt metal that's going to roll down the side of this either neoprene or polyethylene balloon. And so we've got an uh, anomaly there. We've got what appears to be a plug fastener, the type that we use on, very common today. It's, there's none of that on a mogul. Uh, there was supposed to be over 900 feet of string. Now, we're either to believe that Captain Cavett and Major Marcel decided, oh, we don't want to show the string, so we'll take all this string off and peel it all off of these things and pull it out and not take that in and not show it, and we'll, we'll pull a fast one on the general. Or there wasn't any string there to begin with. Now, the the... Radar target was held together by string, like much like a box kite. Each one of the balloons was connected with string. Uh, every piece of equipment was connected with string. Yet there's not one inch of string found on any of the photographs. So either there was something other than one of these balloon trains or somebody very assiduously took the string all out. And that makes no sense either. You would think that if they were trying to... Uh you know, sort of debunk uh, the whole idea of a crashed saucer being captured uh, by the Air Force or by the Army Air Force, you would think that they would leave in any sort of, of evidence that would support the theory that it was a balloon uh, train or, or some sort of uh, weather balloon uh, scenario. Uh, why would you take off one of the smoking gun bits of evidence that would uh, lend credence to the you know, to, to their particular uh, version of, of what was found of the story. It doesn't make sense, Gene. You were saying, Ron? Oh. Because uh, I think he's talking more about what you had to say than me. Uh, where do you want to go from here? You want to go from Professor Moore's recollection of what was on the tape? You know, let's do that. Let's try to put back together exactly what went on here, what we could confirm as much as possible. And then well, focus there on what that evidence does and where we can take it. Now, I should point out, we only have about a minute left with this segment. So okay. this may be a few things, and then we'll get to more questions in our next segment. Okay, I guess the, the biggest thing is the we, we had to work and develop a fairly accurate timeline to make sense of all this stuff. And so when in doing so, we found out that you know, some of the pieces just don't fit, and therefore they might be confabulations and some of the pieces really started to make sense when they were in a different place so the first thing we did was try to establish a good timeline so that's probably close to the minute and we'll chat later all right also remind you to check out plus.theparacast.com for our exclusive after the paracast podcast as part of the paracast plus subscription service plus.theparacast.com we have Ronald Regeer with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast.
largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. KDArmor.com is your one-stop shop for the most affordable body armor, period. With packages starting at $169.99 and free shipping on every order. Katie offers soft armor and rifle threat rated armor up to level 4. Go to KDArmor.com and get your body armor today while you still can. Mention this ad and receive a free tactical scarf for a limited time with any body armor package. That's KATIArmor.com. Come and take it. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, and Grave Inc. embeds strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. It's time to build your own emergency food stockpile with the industry leader, My Patriot Supply. Once you try them, you'll know why so many Americans like you have made them part of their emergency preparedness plan. Experience the My Patriot Supply difference today with this unbelievable offer. Right now, a four-week food supply is only $99, and that includes free shipping. That's 50% off the online price. Call 800-274-3070 to claim yours. Limit two per caller while supplies last. This offer isn't available online, so you want to make sure and grab this opportunity to get prepared today. 800-274-3070 to get your four-week food supply for the incredible price of only $99, and it'll be shipped to you completely free. Call 800-274-3070 right now. That's 800-274-3070 to claim yours while supplies last. Don't wait. Call today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we return to 1947, the early days of Roswell, pointing out what happened and this supposed cover-up. Now, I'm just going to segue a bit to the other opinions, which is maybe... What crash at Roswell was maybe a test aircraft of some kind, which is also why it might have been deflected by secrecy and cover-up? Made out of something that looks like aluminum foil? Uh, I kind of doubt that one, Gene. That We do know that they were launching flights out of White Sands Missile Range, uh, V-2 flights that had monkeys in them. We can turn to what the Air Force said in their own... Uh, let me turn it over here. It's kind of <laughs> heavy. Their own tome, they offered in their tome various alternative answers to what this could have been. And one of their answers was a V-2 rocket, a crashed airplane, nuclear event. It was not, here's right here on page 19 of the introduction. It was not, what the Roswell event was not. And it was not an airplane crash. It was not a missile crash. It was not a nuclear accident. It was not, according to them, an extraterrestrial craft. Then they say what it was, and they go into 20 years of balloon launches. So 
But so they they pretty well confirmed it's a balloon launch flight four from June fourth, nineteen forty seven, and then they provide a list of June nineteen forty seven. The log it says this is written by their expert who they used to provide their testimony. I'll quote: Out to Tularosa Range and fired charges between zero zero and zero six this a.m. No balloon flights again on account of clouds, and that was their June. 4th Wednesday entry two and a half inches before that they said it was flight four launched on June 4th 1947 so they're contradictory within their own book so which one do you believe I don't believe I don't believe either one of them (laughs) so it's like when you ask somebody how do I get to a place he points his finger in opposite directions and he said that away well it's it's more like um when they ask I'm not remember the the catcher for the New York Yankees. Yogi Berra. Uh, Yogi Berra. When you come to the fork in the road, take it. (laughs) (laughs) So what we've got is we've got a book of fact versus fiction, and they provided the fiction. So it's up to us to find the facts, and that's what we're trying to do. And what we can rely on is there's a lot of good information that they did not fly radar reflectors on those launches. They told us they didn't. They flew radiosons, which is a transponder, and tracked them by radio as opposed to radar. We find out that there was no Flight 4, so they didn't even launch one that day. We find out that Professor Moore was not there when they launched it, so he couldn't have gone and looked and known what kind of tape there was. But it doesn't matter anyway, because Professor Moore told the Air Force they were using leftover tape from a toy factory that had pinkish-purple abstract flower-like designs. And that's the story most people know. But he told Jesse Marcel Jr. the tape was decorated with flowers and berries in a Christmas motif. It's a little bit different. And then he told NBC TV special that they were mathematical symbols and Greek letters. So I guess the story depends on who you're talking to, who you want to believe. Uh, By the way, we couldn't see any symbols or anything on that as on anything that the people attributed to the edge tape. But we did find a lot of symbols, interesting symbols at that. All right, let's talk about the symbols. Okay. The first symbol we found was uh, looks to be a fish hook, and that was inside of an I-beam. And I showed that to Chris this morning. Mm-hmm. Did you see a symbol inside there, Chris? Yeah, it didn't conform to any of the uh, purported uh, types of symbols that were supposedly found on the tape. Uh, a fish hook doesn't conform to any Greek letter uh, or Christmas tree type, uh, Christmas motif, or you know, possibly an abstract symbol, but... It, 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 it did look rather peculiar. Uh, it didn't conform to something that you would expect to see on a balloon. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and, and I don't know what alien writing looks like. I don't even know if this is. But there are definite symbols. There's one we call the back-to-back J that's very prominent on this debris. There's a symbol that looks like an M, as in Mary. There is a symbol that looks like... Uh, Oh, sort of like an oblate spheroid, as people most know, know that as a football shape. So there's there's quite a few symbols there. There's uh, and, and those are all pe- things that anybody can see. By the way, just for clarity, so 
you don't have to buy any special software, D-Blur or anything like that to look at these. All we did was contrast uh, enlargement by scanning and then just, as anybody can do, grab the corner of the scanned image and drag it across the screen and make it bigger. Contrast, brightness, that's it. No special software, no razzmatazz, no Photoshop. No hanky-panky. No hanky or no panky and no Photoshop. I, I knew them well. I met them at school, grade yes. school. And so er everything we did, anybody that has the simplest PC can do in the comfort of their own home. It's just disturbing that nobody's really cared to look at them. Yeah. So what? The, we've got uh, quite a few symbols. Uh, and that was, to me, fairly conclusive. There was something in there that was different from what was found. That was the first thing we found was symbols on an I-beam. Uh, the very first day we looked. We got the photographs. We opened up the package from the University of Texas, Arlington. And that was the very first thing we saw was that fish hook that I showed Chris. So there. <laughs> yeah, let's look at the focus here, though, of these photos. Okay, which is one of them was kind of, we could only really, really get sharp focus on one of the photos. One of the photos, just uh, depth of focus was pretty well shot. Uh, un unusable for any detailed analysis. Some of them, the area of sharp focus was very small. There's only one one photograph of all seven that we've found that was needle sharp all the way through. And uh, well, and then the Batman photo was pretty good. And it could be because Bond, when he took the photos, he was on a timeline crush. Now, most people now don't realize the chaos that was going on back in the 1940s, daylight savings time was not uniform. And uh, we live in Arizona, and if, if you've ever gone from uh, state property to the res, you'll see what, you'll understand some of the confusion because the Navajo res, for example, they always follow the federal law, and they go on daylight savings time, even though they're in the middle of the state of Arizona. Uh, Arizona does not use daylight savings time. In 1947, there was a patchwork of time zones. There was a patchwork of towns in, in the same county that some did and some did not go on daylight savings time. So part of the criticality of getting these, figuring all this out, uh, was to determine what was going on when. And one of the ways we did that was with the AP, they used universal time, or local time from the AP office. And so we did that and found out that uh, we could pretty well tell when these photos were sent out. And that's we found out the Beckman photograph was sent out to uh, New York, and it didn't make it in time to make the evening edition of the paper. So it was never published. On this weekend's episode of After the Paracast, Chris and I will be talking to Curtis Collins. Kurt is part of the Roswell Slides study group. So he'll tell you about that, and we'll go into Slidegate in more detail and see what all this means to the UFO field. And as far as I'm concerned, it ain't pretty. Let's go into more of this detail. 
about these photos and the sourcing and where they went and everything with Ron Regeer joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You've heard them on Alex Jones. You've seen them on Ancient Aliens. Now come see them live at Contact in the Desert 2015 in Joshua Tree this May. Experience four full days of science-centered lectures, workshops, intensives, and fieldwork on ancient astronauts, extraterrestrial intelligence, human origins, crop circles, contact experiences, UFO sightings, and more. Meet Chariots of the Gods author Eric Von Daniken, Ancient Aliens host Giorgio A. Sokolos, New York Times bestselling author David Wilcock, Dead Dog. Doctors Don't Lie author Dr. Joel Wallach, astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Story Musgrave, Earth Files publisher Linda Moulton Howe, author Jim Mars, and many of the world's most respected researchers and scientists exploring answers to one of the greatest questions of all time. More speakers, more panels, more things to do. Join us at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, which has a long history of sightings and contact experiences. For advanced tickets and conference schedule, go to contactinthedesert.com. That is contactinthedesert.com. Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686. 2237 extension 129. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Pharmacist Ben Fuchs knows the importance of proper digestion. Make sure you take a look at the Ultimate Enzyme product. They're made with bile salts and fat digestion enzymes and protein digestive enzymes. And not only do the Ultimate Enzymes give you obvious benefits for digestion, but they can also help keep your blood flowing through your circulatory system. As most of you probably know by now, thick, sludgy, clotting blood is a serious risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Clearly, inappropriate and excessive blood clotting is a major health issue, and thick, sludgy blood is not just about heart health either. Sludgy blood can compromise oxygenation and nutrient delivery to all your cells and tissues and organs and ultimately lead to almost any health issue you can name. 
Concerned about proper digestion and heart health? Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsidemen.com. That's brightsidemen.com. Order today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Ron Regeer is joining us. Is this going to be another Dan Roswell book? Is that the final title of the book he's working on? Uh, right. I'm sure that won't be the final title. <laughs> You're was, hoping it won't. Yeah, I, well, I, I figure as author, I ought to have some say-so in what the title of my book is. So there was this patchwork of time zones. And the Bettman photograph was an interesting one because it was sent out to be published and never made it in the evening edition of the paper. And before the morning edition of the paper went to bed, the Roswell saucer had been emptied by General Ramey. He had convinced the world it was uh, nothing more than a weather gadget. The story sat there for 50 years or 40 years. Since we're on the subject of that lost uh, photo in the Beckman archives in New York, there is something interesting about that photo that does not conform with the other photos that uh, I think we should address. Because when, when you told me this and you showed me this uh, particular aberration, I, I was really dumbstruck. I mean, I, I, I was really taken aback. So why don't you go in, in with a little bit of detail on, on what you found on this, uh, this little-known missing photo? I will. I will. Let me finish up. So, Bettman photograph was sent out, but it never was printed until 1997. And it was printed in one of these nice coffee table issues books about famous UFOs. And it was because the author happened to live in New York, and he went to the Bettman archives and rumbled through there until he found this picture. And there was a first time it surfaced, but this was after we started all of our analysis with the Bond photos. So we looked at it, and it was a nice, sharp photo, really good. And it has something that uh, Chris was talking about that's somewhat bizarre. There's pieces of metal in there that appear to be anywhere from a quarter to three-eighths of an inch thick. Quite a bit of it. Nothing like that on any balloon and radar reflector. Uh, interestingly enough, those same image uh, taken within moments didn't have that. It was all whited out. Somebody somewhere got to the images that were University of Texas Arlington and made them appear so that they wouldn't show this thickness of metal, except in one photograph, they missed it, and you can actually see the thickness of the metal. So here we have a photograph that's supposedly of a thin aluminum foil with paper backing, made like a kite, but instead of that, it's constructed of hollow struts and of metal that's a quarter inch to three-eighths of an inch thick. Go figure. I'm trying to figure out here, as I listen to you describing this metallic thingy, what it is and whether there's any reason to think it's something from out there. The, first of all, we had the uh, group, I think it was the Wilmots. I'm, I'm not sure on that because I'm not a Roswell researcher. I'm, I'm really not. So, you know, you're better off asking 
other people at. But uh, there was a couple who saw something go across the sky during an electrical storm, and it was the electrical storm and all the thunder and lightning that uh, some repute to have caused this thing to crash. And then the thunder and lightning storm the next day was where the debris was found. Now, we have uh, made a connection, and uh, I, I would prefer not to say why we believe it's part of an extraterrestrial craft right now. That's that's one of the biggies in our book, and we want to keep that one kind of under close. I'll, I'll tell I'll tell Chris offline uh, next commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> that really helps me, you know. But the point is here. I think our listeners are going to wonder here. Yeah, of course they are. Why would they just I, take I this photograph? All these little tiny fine details that may really go over their heads if they're not looking at the photos themselves and make a connection that this is not something conventional. You don't have to say where it's from because we probably don't know, but I'm not seeing unconventional yet. Please fill me in. Well, there's, there's really, I guess, um, since we don't have any physical objects, we can't do uh, tests to determine if the metal has the right isotropic properties. Can't do that. We're in the same position of Don and Tom trying to say, well, what was the DNA analysis on the mummy? Well, we don't have one, so we can't do that. Let's I think more so in one respect is that the sourcing of those slides is difficult to put together because it's just made on assumptions. Whereas here we have something where we know where it was taken. We know when it was taken. So we have more information about it, at least. Yeah, oh yeah but what I'm saying is we, the, the data from the pictures themselves is restricted what's on the pictures now we can we can rely on witnesses who no longer are live that at the time said it was a crash flying disc but uh, a flying saucer one of whom was uh, colonel butch blanchard a commander of the base uh, if we accept the testimony of uh walter hot the gentleman who wrote the press release he said it was uh he saw it. It was a dislike pod with uh, a dislike craft with a pod on top and uh, dead little people. So if we want to take these things, but I'm not getting into that. That's not my fort. Um, my job was to look at the pictures and tell you what they find. So we can speculate all we want. I, I'm saying, okay, let's assume these guys are reasonably intelligent and telling us the truth. What have we got in these pictures that will? Confirm. Well, the Air Force said it was a flying saucer. Okay. Then they said it wasn't. And every single thing they said it was, with the exception of a crash flying disc, we can prove them wrong with their own documents. So that leaves the only other thing that, that it could have been what they said it was the first time, and that's a crash flying disc. So, you know, I, I would say using some simple logic, we can conclude that either Everybody lied all the way through, when and they're dead, so we can't cross uh, cross examine them. Or let's work on the assumption that uh, the story as it was told originally, which generally the original story is better, is factual, and that the Air Force did. They were proud of it, by the way. If the headline says they captured it, I mean, it wasn't like they found it. They captured the darn thing. They were they were bragging. Because at that period in time, there were UFOs flying all over the place. Uh, if you check newspaper reports, two weeks before was the famous event up in Washington 
where Kenneth Arnold saw his UFO. So, I mean, it was sort of bragging rights. We got one before anybody else, nanner, nanner. So uh, I think they they bit off a big one there and kind of had to back off when they found out that there were bodies present. That's just a hunch. But there's, like I say, we're looking at the photographs and what they tell us. And what they tell us is what the Air Force said it was, it isn't. And it would be nice to see how we can put together what it really is and go through all the possibilities. Again, we're talking to Ron Regeer. Man, he's not a neophyte. He's been following this stuff around for quite a few years, trying to put together these photos, see what they show, since they do not evidently show. We were looking at balloons like the Air Force had claimed after the original story. So much for that. We'll get to more of it in a moment. A few questions from our listeners also from forum.theparacast.com. We have Ron Regeer with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops 
helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I think Chris wants to say the parrot cast. <laughs> He's going to change his name to Polly. So. <laughs> Any case, Ron Regeer is here. He's writing a book about Roswell. Is it going to be all or mostly about these photos and what they mean? What else are you going to cover? Okay, yeah. There's, there's some people that say that was all the debris. Where, I, where was General Ramey when Bond first got there? When did he take the photographs? He didn't have time to do this and that and the other. So one of the things that we did was determine what time the photographs were taken. That was kind of a neat little thing because if you look through the window of the General Ramey photograph, you can see a a bumper guard around a license plate frame. And that bumper guard is unique to a 1941 Buick staff car, Series 60. And so when we looked at that, we found out that, gee whiz, we have a shadow. We can see the shadow that this thing casts. So knowing where we were and getting the angle of that shadow, we can determine the time. And we determined the time within plus or minus about 10 minutes as uh, 3.15 in the afternoon, local time, Fort Worth. So... I thought it was pretty pretty compelling. We found found out when they were taken. The other thing is that we found out that there were more than one photograph, one photographer. James Bond Johnson initially did not have any recollection of seeing Major Marcel. But since the negatives all were there in the University of Texas Arlington archives with Major Marcel, he thought, well, I probably took them. And the more he talked with different Roswell researchers who fed him information about this and that and the other, he determined, I must have taken him. So we sort of looked at that. But when you look at the pictures of Marcel and then look at the pictures of Major 
DuBose with General Ramey, they just seem odd. And Chris has taken a lot of pictures. I'm sure if he'll sit down, he can see the same thing. They're just something that doesn't doesn't feel right. So we looked at those and looked at those. Then they appear to be taken with different focal length lenses. And so, sure enough, we measured the angle of the stripes on the carpet, which is uh, a standard. It's, uh, it's in every photograph. And we found out that not only that, there were two photo, definitely two folk, different focal length lenses used to take the photographs. Yeah, but they were really close. No, not really. Here's, uh, they're, they're quite a bit off. That's, uh, so we did a regressive analysis on that, and we found out that the... They're not not too close after all. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the exact focal length was, and I don't don't remember right now. The other thing is um, in the photos with Marcel, there is no picture that includes James Bond's hat, but his hat is prominent in the pictures with General Ramey. Why? Because he went in there and dropped his hat on his chair before he took his picture. So, you know, there's, there, we're trying to get these, all these little loose ends tied up. Uh, how many photographs, photographers, because they said there was a big press scrum and nobody was allowed close to the debris. Well, simply not true. We know that that's not true. And what it appears, based upon just the evidence of the photos, there were th at least three different photo shoots. One photo shoot where Bond came in, took the pictures of General Ramey, and General Ramey with Colonel DuBose. And then after that, he, he went and left. And then when he got back to his, uh, uh, I'm showing Chris some stuff here on the screen. And when we got back to his office, he made his prints and went. Somebody else then came in and got there. They got the AP wire photo and showed up at the office. Where's the crashed UFO? And Ramey then called his press conference and announced to the world, it's uh, not only not a UFO, it's a weather gadget. And here's my warrant officer, Irving Newton, that can prove it. And Irving Newton sat out there and they took his picture. We don't know who took his picture, but uh, that's the only picture we've got of Irv Newton. Then they probably said, well, gee whiz, who's the yahoo that said it was a crash flying saucer? And he brought out Major Marcel and sat him down with this debris. And, and Marcel has an embarrassed look on his face. If you look in the photos, he looks sort of like, uh, I don't want to be here at all. And uh, his shoes are all grunty. They, and uh, the cuffs of his pants have got weeds in them. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't look like a guy that's going to run to his general's headquarters and see it. So... We've got a no press scrum until after uh, Bond has left, gone back, and started publishing his pictures. But I kind of think here, too, that all this fine detail, does it really help us figure out what's in that photo, what was going on, what they were trying to do, except, of course, for the decision after that press release came out that a flying disc had been captured to shut the whole thing down. How could they do such a stupid thing? Well, what it does is it provides, um, I, I guess, an academic historical narrative on what happened. And so that's one of the reasons we're going to this detail. You know, 
there there should be after we publish after we show our results there should be no speculation was there was there not a press scrum no there wasn't uh bond took his pictures and left we know which ones he took uh the rest of the pictures we don't know but uh so we're, we're you know part of history is to determine what happened and uh i guess the philosophers talk about why it happened and uh Right. Now, so, do we have any assumptions made at all here that these are all the photos, or are there, are there many others with more incriminating stuff? Any there's indication? never been any other photos surfacing other than these seven. The seven deadly the, sins of Roswell. I'm sorry? The seven deadly sins of Roswell. Yeah, seven, seven images. All two right. of Ramey and DuBose, two of Ramey alone, two of Marcel, and one of Newton. And that's it. Well, there you so, go. And, I, and, you know, but reason tells us if there was something taken, um, if, if there were, if there really was something, as the uh, FBI says, they don't buy the weather balloon story, and I've got the teletype for that. Then if they don't buy it, then, and uh, Major General McMullen ordered them to courier it to his headquarters in D.C., which they did. We have that on record. Then... There's probably took pictures of it when it got there, even if nothing else to say, you dummies, you didn't even know you got a weather balloon. So, yeah, there's probably other pictures, but they just haven't surfaced. Um, just to follow up on who, how many photographers and things, if we look at the, the uh, let's, uh, Bond used a four by five speed graphic camera. Speed graphic camera uses uh, film holders and it's cut film. It fits inside the film holder and it has a little protector in front of it so that you can grab these film holders of uh, about four and a quarter by four and a, by five and a quarter inches and stuff them in your pocket. And then you pop them into the camera, pull out the protector, and that exposes the film. Take your picture, put the protector back in, pull the assembly out, flip it over, repeat the process. You've got two pictures there from that one film holder in the film. Then you want to take two more, you slide it in. And most of the guys got in the habit of taking two pictures pretty close together, sliding the film in, taking two more fairly close together. That was just the way they do it. So if we look at this, we found out the film holders for the major Marcel pictures are significantly different than the film holders from the images where he took of General Ramey and General Ramey and Colonel DuBose. Now, that's not conclusive because... Uh, the Star-Telegram, which was the largest newspaper in the South, not, not South Texas, the largest newspaper in all of the southern states at that time, probably had a pool of these where somebody could go in and grab a handful and go out on assignment. So, Let's do our break here. we got more to come with Ron Regeer. And Gene and Chris, you're in. just an alternative to the mainstream media we're the premier independent talk radio network we are gcn extend your life with extend hey neighbor what are you doing digging you had a heart attack last year oh i know i was told no more hard labor then why are you digging well i've been taking extendivite it's been approved to help my heart Extendivite? Is that a new drug? No, not a drug. 
It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal? How can that help? Well, actually, we've taken herbs for thousands of years, and Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to stop. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. You've heard them on Alex Jones. You've seen them on Ancient Aliens. Now come see them live at Contact in the Desert 2015 in Joshua Tree this May. Experience four full days of science-centered lectures, workshops, intensives, and field work on ancient astronauts, extraterrestrial intelligence, human origins, crop circles, contact experiences, UFO sightings, and more. Meet Chariots of the Gods author Eric Von Daniken, Ancient Aliens host Giorgio A. Sokolos, New York Times bestselling author David Wilcock, Dead Doctors Don't Lie author Dr. Joel Wallach, astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Story Musgrave, Earth Files publisher Linda Moulton Howe, author Jim Mars, and many of the world's most respected researchers and scientists exploring answers to one of the greatest questions of all time. More speakers, more panels, more things to do. Join us at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, which has a long history of sightings and contact experiences. For advanced tickets and conference schedule, go to contactinthedesert.com. That is contactinthedesert.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're 
dissecting these photos when they were taken, the people in them, what they mean with Ron Regeer and Gene and Chris. Continue, Ron. Okay. So the film holders, again, they're, they're indicative of but not conclusive that there were two separate photo photographers for the Marcel and for the Remy DeBow photographs. To me, the con compelling and conclusive evidence is the um, regressive analysis we did on the images to show the carpet, the, the different focal length lenses and quite a bit of difference. Yep. So, yeah, there's, uh, so that, that puts that story, that, that part of the Roswell myth, so to speak, to bed. There, there was no press scrum. There weren't a whole bunch of people there clamoring. Uh, just as Bond said, he went into the room. Colonel LeBeau said, said that uh, Ramey was down at the flight line looking at the debris. And uh, there was some of it here, and it was in brown wrapping paper, and they unwrapped it and spread it on the floor and made it look pretty so he could take a picture of it. What was Ramey looking at? Well, if we listen to what the ranch hand said, Mac Brazell, he, he found a piece and got his tractor and towed it into an equipment shed. Then we have two people who loaded the debris onto the B-29 that flew it to headquarters. And one of them said it was, uh, there were four armed MPs guarding the crate. And the crate was approximately four foot high, five foot wide, and 12 foot long. That doesn't sound like a radar reflector or a little balloon. It doesn't other, sound like a flying saucer unless it's a very small flying saucer. Well, it apparently crashed. I don't think it landed and people got out and took pictures. I think it probably crashed. And then uh, the other one said the uh, that it was uh, crate was 12 foot by 6 foot by 6 foot. Now, these are signed affidavits by two of the crew members that flew the trash or the debris or the crashed UFO or whatever it was from Roswell to Fort Worth. And uh, then one other witness load, handed uh, several packages through the window the whole flight, they flew below 10,000 feet uh, from How Roswell. How do we know these additional details about the flight? From affidavits of people who were there. Okay. I, I, I accept their affidavits. No, we, I, that's, that's all we're working with, at affidavits and uh, photographs. And wh why would they have four MPs, armed MPs, guarding a debris from, from, a, from a crash weather balloon? That's a little fishy right there. Yeah, so, so, I mean, we're just looking at this and saying there's there's a lot of things that don't add up. Since they don't add up, let's see what we can find out. And that's what we're doing. And do I think it's a UFO? I have no idea. I've never seen a crashed UFO. Uh, but I do know what's in the images, and it's a bunch of weird stuff. And it came from Roswell, and it was the people who were there at the time initially said it was a UFO. And I'm not going to argue with them. They're, first of all, they're dead. But second of all, I have nothing that tells me that it wasn't except the Air Force's book, which we know is full of lies. How you like them apples? <laughs> well, I would certainly hope we are able to get more information about this. What about the infamous Ramey memo? Okay, uh, the Ramey memo, according to the Air Force now. Again, this is, this is their study. And they, by the way, they prepared this. Remember... Uh, Stephen Schiff, he was the, uh, I think he was state senator, but congressman. congressman from New Mexico. And uh, 
he wanted to get to the bottom of the Roswell incident, so he ordered the GAO to investigate it. And this study was the result of Stephen Schiff's demanding answers for the crash at Roswell. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, and this this report is like four inches thick. It must weigh about four or five pounds. It's huge. And it's not paginated. <laughs> so oh, that's exciting. Why do they do that? They do it because they want to to make sure that we don't know what's going on. It's a deliberate thing. They could have very you know anybody that's a word processor can sit insert page numbers and that's you know, right. But we're talking about stuff here. It dates back to a time when there were no word processors. No, this is the Air Force report I'm speaking of. That was when was uh, that done? Prepared in 1994. Okay, so they use an early version. 1995. Of word. Okay, they use an early version of Word. Yeah. So we look at these, the Air Force report, and they said that they sent this to a high-ranking intelligence agency. Now, that probably wasn't the local library. National Photographic Interpretation Center, maybe, I don't know, but because they didn't name the agency. They just said a high-level government agency, and they could not make out any, any words in the, the uh, Ramey, what we call the Ramey Memo. So it's like the Roswell slides in the placard. Uh, however, I showed a copy of uh, of I made that I made off of uh, uh, to Chris, and he could really, really quickly read Fort Worth, Texas on it. That's something. Now, I've got photographs of this that I've the image, by the way, on a sixteen by twenty print. The image of the memo is smaller than a postage stamp. It's about an inch wide by three eighths of an inch tall. And that's what that's the image that we're looking at. And when you look at that on a, that's on a 16 by 20 print and it's fairly dark. So when you enlarge that and then change the brightness and the contrast, you get these kind of blobby things and uh, it's right at the limits of resolution and I would say some of it's beyond the limits of resolution. It's, it's a more grotty image than the, the one that you don't want to talk about. And so if we look at that, we can see, though, that there are words that we can make out. And three of them that come immediately, everybody in the audience of about 150 when I first showed this could read Fort Worth text, T-E-X. Everybody. And I said, anybody that can't read this, put your hand, you know, put your hand up. I'd, I'd like to, you know, no, everybody could read it. Now, granted, they were... Um, an audience of UFO folks, but I didn't tell them anything at all about what it was even. I just said, I've got an image I want to show you. I want you to tell me if you can read anything. They all read that. Let's get past the nuts and bolts here and get into the memo itself. What do we okay. know about it? What do we know about the contents? What I believe it says, I think it's telling us that uh, the next thing we found was victims of the wreck. And that's, that's the next part we found. And that one was... Uh, it's a little bit sketchy, but it's it's there. And independent. what I did was I had a team of four different people looking at this, all of us looking at it independently. And when we looked at it independently, we came up sometimes with the same exact words. And then I got those same exact words that we came up with. And some of us didn't see anything where other people found a word. So... I'm going to get you, I'm scrolling through trying to find my read of this thing. And, uh, but anyway, we, we've got a pretty good read of it. Uh, Dave Rudiak probably has the, the best read. 
Oh, by the way, Dr. Rudiak does not agree with you on the Roswell slides. He's satisfied okay. the placard is what it is about a mummy. But let's just go past That's that. That's fine. I, that doesn't bother me a bit. Now, there were, first of all, I want you to, your audience to know that there were five different scans that were made, the five different techniques. Uh, Stan Friedman, uh, Neil Morris, uh, a number crunch scan, and uh, Paul David. Kerry and Schmidt scan. So we've got different scans. We compare those and you can see they're just right at the limit where you can see the actual grain. So to enlarge them further than we did is counterproductive. It just doesn't make any sense. So the, the other thing is uh, there's a word called apophenia, which is where you see clouds in the sky. That's where you make connection out of random data and we're not doing that uh, so we can read what we can read is it's addressed to Vandenberg and uh, there's eight lines of text that we can read now uh, Dave Rudiak has more than that uh, I'm not going to you know, let him talk about what he found I'll tell you what we found the uh, message addressed, addressed to Vandenberg first line lot of nothing we can read. Near operation at the second line ranch and the victims of the wreck you forwarded to the blank team at Fort Worth, Texas. Blank SS in the disc they will ship for A-1 8th Army Air Force by B-29 RC-47 Wright Air Force assist flights at Roswell. Assure the CIC team said this mistaken meaning of story and think. Again, we're looking at the last part of the line. Let's continue with what that memo apparently says. On this week's episode of After the Paracast, we'll be featuring Kurt Collins, who will join us to talk about Slidegate, or the Roswell Slides disaster, or whatever you'd like to call it. To find out more, go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. With Ron Regeer and Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. From the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley. With U.S. Tax Shield, we can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The Ramey Memo. Ron McGarry is giving us an idea of what it appears to be. Let's continue with that, Ron. Okay, line four, blank SS in the disc, disc is in quotes, they will ship for A1, 8th, Army Air Force. That was uh, that's General Ramey of the 8th Army Air Force by B-29 ST or C-47. Right Air AF assists flights at Roswell. Assure that CIC team said this mistaken meaning of story and think late today next sent out PR of weather balloons would work better if they add land demo Robin clues. Signed, Ramey. Now, it's a clipling language and somewhat cryptic but if as we know now they were sent out by morse code morse code used they keep the messages short and use a lot of shorthand so uh that's we know it was not a teletype message uh we because teletype messages cannot change line spacing we have different line spacing so and we know that the modality of transmission then was send a message by radio teletype Morse code, then translate that, have a guy sit down and type it out on a typewriter, and then take the paper out of the typewriter and hand it out. So that's what we've got. Other researchers have said it's a teletype. We can conclusively say it was not a teletype machine. It was not a Twix machine. It was a typewriter. So that, that's we're, we're trying to answer questions. That's one of, uh, also the other thing is we know Ramey hasn't read it yet because it's eyeglasses. You can see behind the paper and we've been told by people fairly close to him, like his wife, that he could not read without his glasses. And uh, we also know he needed a manicure. <laughs> All right. Chris, before we go on, any key questions from our audience at forum.thepowercast.com that relate to what we've had so far? Yeah, there are. And um, one in particular, you know, it's 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 pretty, you know, I mean, we are dotting I's and crossing T's, and this is definitely, you know, taking this whole subject uh, inside baseball, so to speak. But um, Chuckleberry Finn, one of our uh, posters, who's been posting at the forum since 2007, he's, he's, he doesn't post very often, but when he does, he comes up with interesting questions. And he asked, what are your expectations about 
how your forthcoming book may or may not change public perceptions about the Roswell incident. And what is the single most important point that you make in the book? Uh, I think the single most important thing we make in the book is something I don't want to talk about right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that's one of the things I, I uh, Chris knows what I'm talking about. No. And uh, it's extremely controversial. And I'm not going to sit here and stir the fresh cow pile when it's got a skim over it right now. <laughs> well, how, do you, how is this going to change public perceptions? Or, or do you think it will? I, th I think it could. I don't. I don't know that it will. I think most of the public really doesn't care. They want to watch shiny cars running around in circle on Sunday afternoon and drink beer and talk about baseball and boob jobs. And that's about it. And <laughs> they really don't care about UFOs until one interacts with them personally. And I'm sorry, they just, 90% of the people don't care. Ron, the 10% of the people who do care. How do we get them to see what's serious and what's just carnival barker stuff? Well, the, the, I think serious people who are curious about Roswell will learn a great deal about what the truth is about what's in and what's not in the photographs. And every single thing we point out is something that they can find for themselves. This is this is no magic, no no. No funny stuff at all. So that, to me, is comforting to know that there's a, a body of work that's been done that shows that, one, there was something that happened out there that um, we can figure out what it was to the best of our knowledge and definitely can prove what it was not. It was not what the government said it was. And if that's enough to get enough people to, to get moving again, maybe we can get another Stephen Schiff to say, okay, Air Force, we know now that you lied. Why don't you really tell us what's going on? And that would be the real bonus of this whole thing. But unfortunately, I mean, I, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that chances of any smoking gun documentation, paperwork, photographs, recordings, anything of that sort has probably been destroyed a long time ago uh, to keep the, uh, you know, the subterfuge in place and, and also not provide any potential smoking gun evidence that could prove or disprove any, any particular theory. Don't you think that all this evidence is probably uh, has been destroyed or, or made rendered, uh, you know, <laughs> into some place uh, totally out of reach of uh, any sort of government inquiry? Yep. Uh, that's why we were so surprised to find the, the Bettman image. And Chris is looking at it right now. That sure don't look like tinfoil to me. That raises an interesting question here. Do you think there's other stuff about Roswell hiding in plain sight, which is essentially what this is? No. That is left to discover at this point? No, not at all. I don't. I think this was, I think they learned very quickly to, uh, what they were doing and what not doing and took care of it. I don't, you know, the government is a stupid. And in spite of what people say that they do keep secrets for a long time until they want them out. And when they want them out, they're out. But okay. uh, no, I don't think there's anything else hiding in plain sight. All right. But even if this stuff is what you say it is and we get your final conclusions, what do we do with it? 
academically, we can say, well, I guess we have photos here of something that may or may not have originated on this earth. But who's going to care anymore? I care. You care. You wouldn't be asking me these questions. So, yeah, there's, there's a small group that really wants to know what in the heck's going on. And we're fitting one more piece of the puzzle. Do we have the whole puzzle? Heck no. There are, there's, there's hundreds of pieces. Uh, we don't know how many pieces of puzzle there are, but unless we keep working to determine what is the truth, what is real, and what isn't, we're, we'll never get anywhere. You know, we'll go back to watching shiny cars running around in circles. <laughs> Why, Ron, do you think that out of all the hundreds and hundreds, possibly thousands of pieces that were gathered by, the, painstakingly gathered by officials out at the site, why do you think not one piece was squirreled away to be revealed later uh, in some family, uh, you know, safe, uh, some lockbox, somebody squirreling away a piece of the wreckage and then coming forth with it? We haven't had one person uh, who has claimed that they have access to a piece of the wreckage actually produce that. What well, it- well, that's a good question. And uh, again, if we take the witnesses, they did. There were uh, quite a few people that, uh, took it because uh, there was. Let's see. I'm trying to remember names, and I'm like I said, I'm not a Roswell researcher, so I, I don't remember the names. You'd have to read the other guy's books. Uh, but uh, I remember uh, one guy saying how he had one, and he was showing it at the bar at uh, Chuck Wade's father's bar in uh, Corona. And the next day, the Air Force was there to pick it up. The, the other thing to remember is the attitude was, the, the political climate was totally different then than it is now. Then we'd, we just won the Second World War. We were the strongest, baddest nation in the world, and, and yet we didn't exploit it. We didn't try to take over the world. Now, I'm not trying to make this a political statement other than the fact that people are the mindset that the government was right and our patriotic duty was to do what the government said to do. In other words, folks, and we'll have to break now. In those days, we believed the government. Yeah. Now we're being told the government just lies to us. And maybe that started with Watergate, where things started to unravel. But maybe a lot sooner if we consider the UFO field. Now, I know you listeners are wondering why we've gone once again in the direction of Roswell. And let me tell you that we've tried for nine years on the Paracast to have the last Roswell discussion. But it never seems to turn out that way. We've got a lot more to talk about with Ron Regeer. Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount For all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, 
Use the coupon code Gene when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, my name is Scott Fuchs, teacher and rowing coach for over 14 years. I was sluggish, overweight, on prescription drugs, and only 30-something. Fortunately, I was referred to Dr. Z, and happy to say Dr. Z's all-natural protocols over a consistent course resolved my health issues. I'm in the best shape of my life, and most importantly, on zero medications. I'm Dr. Zdanowski, author of Evology, trained as a primary care physician, surgical manipulation under anesthesia, expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z. 201-945-1177, evolveyourself.com. You've heard them on Alex Jones. You've seen them on Ancient Aliens. Now come see them live at Contact in the Desert 2015 in Joshua Tree this May. Experience four full days of science-centered lectures, workshops, intensives, and fieldwork on ancient astronauts, extraterrestrial intelligence, human origins, crop circles, contact experiences, UFO sightings, and more. Meet Chariots of the Gods author Eric Von Daniken, Ancient Aliens host Giorgio A. Sokolos, New York Times bestselling author David Wilcock, Dead Dog. Doctors Don't Lie author Dr. Joel Wallach, astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Story Musgrave, Earth Files publisher Linda Moulton Howe, author Jim Mars, and many of the world's most respected researchers and scientists exploring answers to one of the greatest questions of all time. More speakers, more panels, more things to do. Join us at the Joshua Tree Retreat Center, which has a long history of sightings and contact experiences. For advanced tickets and conference schedule, go to contactinthedesert.com. That is contactinthedesert.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Let me tell you, we're going to also feature a discussion with Kurt Collins, friend of the show, who has studied... Roswell Slides, Cash Landrum case, and he's going to talk about the work of the Roswell Slides study group that we see here Ron Regard does not agree with, but we're going to get Kurt's point of view in this week's episode of After the Paracast. And by the way, here's how to get the show. Here's how to listen to the show. 
you go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Order up a subscription monthly, annually, or five years. If you subscribe for a year or more, you get a copy of the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien, plus.theparacast.com. So we're trying to find another piece of the Roswell puzzle with Ron Regeer working on his book, Another Damn Roswell Book, or maybe not Another Damn Roswell Book, however it's going to be named. Not sounds pretty good, don't you think, Ron? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Again, we're still working on the title. By the way, this um, it's over being reviewed right now by my co-author in Great Britain, and uh, we, we've got an interesting little uh, film clip that we just discovered he drug out of his archives. By the way, for those who don't know Neil, Neil Morris is in charge of the lab at the University of Manchester in England, and that's uh, the physics and astronomy lab. Uh, that's sort of the MIT of Great Britain. So this, this guy isn't a schmuck. He's pretty well knows what he's doing, and he's done most of the analysis work. When is the book going to be out? I hope it's out before Roswell because I'm going. I'm supposed to speak at Roswell in uh, Jan in July, and I'd sure like to have copies of the book there available. But uh, this is right the Roswell now, convention or whatever, like so it doesn't look like it's going to make it. This is the annual shindig over in Roswell, New Mexico. Correct. You know, we have a couple of segments left here, and I'd like to ask you a few questions in general about the state of the UFO field as. I suggested in the first segment, as you recall, whether it should be terminated with extreme prejudice. But first, Chris, any more questions left? Well, I think Ron has pretty much addressed them. Uh, you know, Drake, the uh, Gilliland, asks something to the effect of, you know, what do you think the Ramey memo is? Could it be talking points, as I've seen elsewhere? If it does say victims of the wreck, why would he have had that as a talking point? Or could it have been hastily put together, you know, a series of notes that were prepared for his commanding officer? Since you've determined that his name is on this thing, why was he holding that particular piece of paper? And what was it for? Uh, I believe it was a message he was sending out to Vandenberg. And probably just uh, since it was so clipped and cryptic, they, Kirk might have said, uh, sir, do you really want to... Send this, or do you want to read it and maybe reword it a little bit? And again, that's speculation. I don't know. But uh, it it does appear from what our read is to be to Vandenberg from Ramey. Okay. And um, by the way, it's it's interesting. An interesting side note on this is that there's been people that have said, well, gee, if these guys were also stupid that they couldn't identify a weather balloon— they probably just really got blackballed from then on and didn't go anywhere. Well, that's not true. Uh, the commander of the 509th Bomb Group, and uh, for people who don't realize this, uh, that was the only group in the entire world that was qualified and certified to drop nuclear weapons. And they're the ones that dropped the weapons on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These guys were the cream of the cream of the cream of the crop. Uh, Major Marcel had graduated top of his class in radar school. And, uh, yeah, he knew what a radar reflector was. Uh, every one of them, uh, Butch uh, Blanchard, the commander of the base, he went on to become a four-star general, died of a heart attack in the Pentagon. 
Lieutenant Hot, the guy that issued the press release, was the only one who didn't really go up the ranks. And he just apparently just wanted to get out of the Air Force when his time was up. And he did. Colonel DuBose went on. Uh, General Ramey, interestingly enough, was the gentleman who made the disclosure and discussion about the UFOs over Washington, D.C. in 1952. He was the one that held that press conference. So apparently he became the UFO general and... I suppose if it was just a weather balloon, they would have dropped it by and never heard from it again. But so he was he was the guy go to guy for that. And the FBI didn't agree with the Roswell conclusion. They said it was uh, not borne out by what they found out. So, yeah, there's just so many things going on here. That's just we're trying to put it all together and make a cohesive, make sense story out of it. Again, based on all circle around the photographs. You know, I'm just thinking as we talk here, has anyone ever submitted a freedom of information request for the Ramey memo? Oh, my Lord, yes. I've, I've submitted probably 150, 200 FOIA requests on the Roswell photos alone. Never got anything back. They just tell you there's nothing available or what? That we have no records responsive to your request. Well, that's convenient, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wanted I, one of the requests was the just for the name of the famous U.S. government agency that looked at the memo, just the name of it. We have no records response to your request. So that means they wrote the book, and within a month of my receiving it, which was uh, within days of its being printed, they couldn't find the records of who they asked for, but they wrote the book and put it in their book. So. Yeah, they have no credibility with me. But yes, uh, I've written well over 150 FOIA requests on every single aspect I could think of on these photographs. Looking at the entire UFO field with regard to Roswell, why do we spend so much time focusing on Roswell? Surely there are other cases more current where more information can be found. Name one. I'm asking you. If I knew of one, I'd investigate it as well. Well, Tehran is a good one. I did that, and I got the award for the best coverage of a UFO and explanation in uh, for MUFON and a check for three hundred bucks. Well, they gave you money. <laughs> they gave me money. Whoa. So that was the the best UFO case ever, and I won the award for my investigation on that one. Well, that was, look, three hundred dollars is better than nothing. Amen. That's how much my entire camera project got from him. Yeah, and that's that's more than I got for appearing on the Paracast. <laughs> <laughs> that's you and everybody else who's appeared on the Paracast in the past nine and a half years. So yeah, consider so, yourself lucky, my friend. So, yeah, I've been, uh, that's another excellent, excellent case. Uh, uh, let's see, there were about half a million people that witnessed the little interaction between a UFO and an F-4 Phantom of the Imperial Iranian Air Force. And I interviewed, I can't remember the guy's name now, the, the guy, that, the actual pilot, I interviewed him and talked to him. Uh, we corresponded for a while. So, yeah, that was a good case. Yeah, well, you were there when the DSP <laughs> picked it up, right? Yeah, our DSP picked up that, that, uh, that uh, dogfight. Yeah, yeah he, was, uh, he was in the DSP satellite uh, control area when, uh, when the event occurred, so... So he, he was actually a witness to the event in, in, a, in a kind of, you know, once removed. Yeah, electronic witness. Yeah, electronic witness. <laughs> Guys, let's do our break. Yeah. We have Ron Regeer, Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, and maybe some aliens are listening in, the CIA and the NSA. 
You're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of Heart and Body Extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking Heart and Body Extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 or Heart and Body Extract. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. 
Midas Brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. I think Chris has been possessed again by parrots. We have Ron Regeer. Yo. We're talking about Roswell because it's still the most important case. But I have to think with thousands and thousands of UFO cases through the years that we'd have others with more current information to unearth. Isn't there a point, Ron, where we just got to set it aside and say, well, maybe after this book comes out, that's all we know, that's all we can find out, unless some third party involved with the case, their heirs or someone now who's still keeping the secret somewhere because something is on ice, reveals that truth. That's it, folks? Yeah, I think so. That's that's probably true. But again, I'm I've been working on this now for 20 years, so I just figure I'll finish it up and move on to other things. Uh, my next book is going to be on petroglyphs and pictographs, so and <laughs> not exactly the same thing, but it's uh, cryptic images that uh, have pre been preserved over time, so I guess it's probably the same problem. Well, since you raised the point, any indication those images relate to the so-called ancient astronauts? No, nothing that I'm aware of. So there... However, the, However. Pictographs, the pictographs and petroglyphs that I've investigated, the answer is yes, they do. The Ramey office photos, no, they don't. Ah. What do you think about UFOs in general? Where do you think they come from if they come from anywhere outside of our planetary system or are not conventional? It depends on who you want to listen to. And I'm I'm still still listening. I'm I'm got a friend who's uh an elder in one of the Puebloan tribes, and he says they come from different places in the different galaxies and that they've been coming down here for ages and they're called star people. I won't argue with them. I don't, don't that's not part of my culture, but I sure am interested in it. And so I, I try to keep my, an open mind as to what it, it could be. We see images that are hundreds, if not thousands of years old, that certainly looked like the same thing people describe almost every day. You know, aliens, the big head, the big eyes. Uh, they're, they're ubiquitous in the Southwest. Uh, there's orbs, flying spheres. I don't know how many panels I've seen that have those on them. So there, there's these weird things that are all over the place. And uh, if we listen to the native peoples, they... Tell us what they are. So maybe it's just a big joke on the stupid white man for wanting to listen. Maybe they're telling the truth. Why is it after all these years, UFO research where it happens at all is done at the fringes? Mainstream science is looking the other way. How do we change their minds? I don't know that we can. First of all, why, why do they want to have their mind changed? Anything that, that goes against the grain of accepted science will never be accepted by science. I guess it was 
40, no, 45 years ago, after I went to the Grand Canyon the second time, I said, you know, this canyon was not carved by the Colorado River over millennia. It was a catastrophic event, like a major earthquake dumping the great sea, that the remnants of which is the Great Salt Lake. I was laughed at. You know, that's now the current prevailing theory on how the Grand Canyon was formed, a catastrophic event. You know, science moves very, very slowly, and uh, it, it's up to sometimes other people to push it along. You know, like Dr. John Brandenburg and the Mars uh, Ocean and some of the uh, theories that he's come up with about the, uh, the thin layer of radiation that's found all, all around the planet. You won't get the Mars scientists putting their heads out and, and d- uh, discussing these things and, hi- you know, coming up with hypotheses. But an informed uh, amateur like Brandenburg can go ahead and do that and stick his head up and not have to worry about playing whack-a-mole. I agree. I know John, and I I helped edit his book on uh, about the beautiful ladies in Sepulveda. So yeah, John's John's right, and Chris is right. There's just traditional science uh, is much more interested in getting the next grant than they are on coming up with a new idea. Unless that new idea has a grant. Unless that new idea has money behind it. You're right. Okay. And. Tenure be damned if they don't have... I mean, look what happened with... uh, Oh, what was the doctor out of Harvard who went to Great Britain and got hit by a car? John Mack. Look what happened to him. He got hit by a Mack truck. (laughs) And and that's probably because uh, you and I, when we cross the street, we look to our left and we don't see anything. We start crossing the street. Well, they go on the other side of the street there. He probably looked to his left, didn't see anything, and stepped in front of something and got hit because they drive on the other side of the street. So you think he was just careless? No, I think he was uh, momentarily not knowing the local customs. You could call it careless, I guess. I I associate careless with a a little bit different activity, but that's okay. Chris, a few questions snuck in our forums at forum.theparacast.com. I think we've covered part of it, but maybe you want to pursue that. Okay, we have a question, late arrival question here in our last segment. This comes from Bonaventura. Ron, what do you think of Rich Reynolds' suggestion that the debris Brazel found and brought into Roswell had nothing to do with the real crash? Um, I don't think it had. I think it did have something to do with the real crash because uh, when you say the real crash, I don't know for sure what you're talking about. If we say the real crash being a crash flying disc, yes. If you say the real crash being a uh, uh, weather balloon, no. So I, I guess we have to quantify real crash. So I'm going to go with the, the supposition that you mean a UFO that was uh, reported. And I think, yes, it was uh, based upon primarily little, little things like the piece that he towed into the shelter. Um, then later on, the after spending time with the Air Force, where he's claimed to have uh, changed his story, but as an aside to his friend said, and they about the little men, they aren't green about the fact that shortly about a month after this whole thing, this guy who didn't have two dimes to rub together, had a brand new pickup truck and was buying a house in Tularosa about a hundred miles away. So yeah, that's circumstantial, but that tells me somebody Talked to him, told him to you know go with the go with the flow. Tell the story we want you to tell, and we'll make it worth your time. 
And uh, here's the official story and stick to it. And he did. Okay, here's, here's another question. This one's about me, actually. Aside from my San Luis Valley camera project, are there any actual or possible research projects with potential to bring us any closer to resolution of the UFO mystery? We have about one minute to break, Chris. Go ahead. No? Yes? I thought that was a question for you. No, no, that's a question for you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I get I've answered that <laughs> way too many times. <laughs> uh, I don't know of any, but... Uh, Again, I'm not really a UFO researcher. I'm, I, I got involved in this because uh, Bon Johnson asked me to. I have a lot of UFO books, and I've got a real interest in the subject. But my primary area of research is in early uh, Puebloan uh, petroglyphs and structures and legends and things like that. Uh, as far as UFO studies, I don't know of any other than ongoing uh Events, uh, research projects. Uh, MUFON's got a couple that uh, might work out. Uh, the um, the problem we all have, and Chris is hitting the same wall, is where's the money? And then when you make a little bit, everybody says you're only in it for the money. <laughs> well, damn right. So if you want me to go out and spend ten thousand uh, dollars, why begrudge me when I make five thousand dollars to recoup part of my losses? But that seems to be. The big thing, well, he's only in it for the money. So until that attitude changes, I don't see anybody really devoting a lot of time and effort into uh, doing really, really good research. We'd also like to have you listen to our other radio show. It's called After the Paracast this weekend, featuring Kurt Collins of the Roswell Slides Research Group. Yes, that place. To find out more, go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot com. One more segment with Ron Regeer and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems 
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Ron McGuire, it's the damned if you do, damned if you don't phenomenon. You get paid for something, well, maybe you're doing it for the money, but isn't that true with all mainstream science? I mean, scientists are not doing the work they do free. Scientists do do it for free? Every one of mine know gets paid for That's it. That's right. That's the point. One of the reasons they don't want to do it here is they. it's hard to get funding for this. There's been uh, wealthy people who have taken an interest in it and they've gone ahead and uh, given grants. We know for a while that uh, Bob Bigelow was funding UFO studies with MUFON. MUFON caught a lot of flack about that. We know that some researchers got money from other sources. Yeah, but it's few and far between. And about the only way we can make anything out of it at all is to have one of these extravaganzas or to speak at the, the carnivals that are held almost monthly. 
And then all we're doing is hawking our book or hawking our paper or doing this. And so, you know, it's, it's really kind of sad that people won't say, wow, I'll give you an example. I met the gentleman who made WD-40. WD-40 stands for Water Displacement 40th Attempt. They failed 39 times. They were funded the entire 40 times. I don't think that have been a WD-40. would have probably been stuck with WD-2, and it wouldn't work too well. <laughs> but isn't that part of the point here, that to do something like that, you've got to do it over and over again. I don't think that a lot of things happen without a lot of effort, a lot of trial and error. So certainly we need the trial and error in the UFO field, but the problem is here, every step of the way, you're going through quicksand and nobody wants to put money into it and take the risks. Or a few yeah, well, do, like a Robert Bigelow does sometimes. Uh, Neil and I know put a lot of time and money into this. I know uh, if, if I could get reimbursed for printer cartridges and paper, I'd be a happy man. As you said, a damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's one of the reasons that we do this is to try to arrive at the truth. I hate to go back full circle to the beginning of our discussion, but I think there are two individuals who were doing that and got got caught by in a web of lies by somebody else is uh, Don and, and Tom. I, I, I really, to this day, think they're honest people who got caught up in something and maybe didn't ask the right questions at the right time, but I don't see any duplicity in either one of them. Okay, we have a little bit of time left. Um, you met Ray Stanford, and uh, yeah. the question is, is, what are your thoughts about Ray Stanford's work, and have you seen any of Ray's data? Now, we did have a, in 2007, uh, November, if I recall, and you came all the way down from uh, Utah to, uh, to be at that presentation that he gave. What are your thoughts about Ray's work, and, and, uh, and what were your th thoughts about his uh, method of uh, pulling out uh, diagnostic uh, information from uh, his slides uh, of his of his films, and uh, you know what do you, what do you, just what's your gut feeling about Ray's work? Uh, I think Ray deserves a special award in the UFO UFO Hall of Fame. Uh, outstanding work, and I mean I don't think it started at Socorro, but he sure did shine there. And if you haven't got his book and read it, it's it, it is the book on on uh, the Socorro case and uh, he was there within hours of it happening interviewed the right witnesses asked the right questions and made the correct conclusions and it's withstood the test of 40 years Chris 60, 60 years almost so yeah if you talk about somebody who should be enshrined in the UFO Hall of Fame right up there in the one of the the charter members should be Ray Stanford, and he's continuing to this day. He's still still in there plugging away. I, I think it's a paradox that he goes out looking for dinosaur, petrified dinosaur footprints and sees UFOs. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like shake your head and wonder what's going on. Well, he's looking down and up and not just down at their smartphones. Yeah. But now that we have an Apple Watch, I'll just look at their wrist for a second and give it up. <laughs> no, Ray's one of the one of the the few clear thinkers and uh, is deserving of any accolade he can he can ever receive. I agree. I just said so. There you have it. Moving on, Ron Regeer. Okay, we have the Roswell book coming out. You're going to deal with the ancient stuff after that. Do you think the UFO mystery 
or whatever it is, will ever be solved? Or are we going to be yapping about Roswell and everything else, the same old stuff 20 years from now, if we're still around 20 years from now? Gosh, I, I, I hope I don't deteriorate in the next 20, the way, much as I have the past 20. But uh, <laughs> so I don't want to be here. Uh it, this, I guess what you're really talking about is disclosure or is there anything to disclose? And my answer on disclosure for over 30 years have been nobody wants disclosure. Uh, the UFO people don't want it. Otherwise, they'd land on the White House lawn and uh, make themselves known. The government doesn't want disclosure. Otherwise, they'd tell us what they know. And the people don't want it. They're more interested in shiny cars running around a circle and drinking beer and boob uh, jobs. Boob jobs. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the reality of where we are. And uh, until that changes, uh, unless there's an accident, which I believe the Roswell crash was an accident, and it uh, happens at a point where it cannot be covered up, it cannot be talked away, then there won't be disclosure. The government has too much to lose. The aliens have nothing to gain. And the American people don't care. Let me ask you here. If the government revealed that we feel that we might be undergoing visits from people from other planets or beings or whatever, do you think the people will go back watching the stuff on TV and not care? No. That I, I think the government would very rapidly fail. Wow. We've paid billions, trillions of dollars. And the reason, it's not just talking about lights in the sky and little shiny discs and funny green men that come in and make commercials. The, the big elephant in the room is the abduction problem. How, how do you explain to people that your children may be taking out of taken out of a wading pond in your front yard at uh, six months and eight months and dropped in the swimming pool in the backyard and, and murdered, essentially. How do you explain to people that they're going to be maybe taken any time anybody wants to from their beds at night and the government can't do a damn thing about it? How do you think they're going to feel when they can realize that no matter where they are, what they're doing, these, these beings can come in and seize them against their will, do whatever they dang well please. I, I don't think that would go over too well. We've spent too much money in the government for, long, for a long time saying, we're working hard to protect you. And for them to admit that they can do absolutely nothing and they're powerless, I don't think they'll ever, ever capitulate and admit that. Ron Regeer, do you have a website or something where people who want to know more of what you do can check it out? I wish I did, but I don't. I, I'm a Luddite. I, my computer, if the battery goes dead and I forget to plug it in, is nothing more than a paperweight. If, if somebody wants to volunteer to set me up a web page and, and keep it up, I'll, I'll accept it and I'll provide them with everything I've got. But uh, I'm too damn lazy, too damn old, and too busy doing other things. Speaking of other things, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. We also have two Facebook fan clubs, and we try to make it easy for Luddites like Ron Regeer and, of course, Jerome Clark to find us. And we have another radio show. It's called After the Paracast. And this week we'll have Kurt Collins to talk about the Roswell Slides Research Group. And here's how you can hear the show. 
You have to be a member of the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. There's a modest subscription rate. And if you subscribe for one year or five years, you get a copy of Stalking the Tricksters, the ebook version from Christopher O'Brien for one to five year subscriptions. Learn more at plus.theparacast.com. This time we could hear him. Yay. So, yay, let's applaud. We could hear Ron Regeer sitting next to Chris O'Brien in this elaborate studio in a secret place under Sedona, Arizona. I'm kidding. Ron Regeer, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.